I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. My bad for all that technical difficulty there, man. That just never happened on any episode. This is really <laughs> fucking weird. <laughs> uh, it would be my episode that it would happen on. <laughs> the Richie experience. Here you go. 30 minutes and you got to <laughs> make a line. That's how it is at COVID. <laughs> <laughs> how are you doing this afternoon, brother? I'm doing afternoon. well. How are you? Pretty good, man. Getting situated. You know, it's just. I've been here the past hour and a half supposedly updating shit, and now it's like going downhill. <laughs> that's how it goes, man. It's good, bro. We got to play it by ear, you know, but it, the show goes on. Yeah, exactly. So, brother, before we do get started, if I too can get a chance here to turn on my camera, I did want to go ahead and bring you on the show for a couple of reasons, and I'll go ahead and discuss that while the camera just pushed up. Uh, sure. But, um, there was just very appearances that you were more of a hustler than an actual grunt worker. You know, you're, you're very active on social media. Uh, but when I do see you active, you're one of the few that happens to be posting at four o'clock in the morning or three o'clock in the morning. You know, and, <laughs> and the few of us that do do that, you know, it, it does not go unnoticed. So it's like that's one of the main reasons that we wanted to bring you here on the show as well. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I've always been a night owl, so that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it always does make sense, but uh, not everybody can actually sustain that routine even after, you know, being at the bar and then coming back home on your day off. After that, you still find a way of, of fitting that in. You know? I guess it's part of your routine. You yeah, it's definitely not easy. I mean, it's definitely a lifestyle you got to adjust to and... You know, grocery shopping is not that easy when you wake up late and go to work and then you get out of work and it's like four in the morning and nothing's cool. open. <laughs> yeah, that can definitely be a hassle, especially in, uh, you learned it to become part of that routine. There we go. There's that camera. There we go. Uh, you see me clearly there? I can see you. I, I, the audio is a little low. The audio is low, so that might be still set up on my AirPods. Man, my computer is lagging so bad, man. Either I need to download <laughs> some of these episodes off, or it's becoming excessive memory. And it's a Mac, but that's what it does. Audio. Brother, can you hear me? I can hear you much better now. Much better now? All right. Yes, yes. My did my camera go out? Are we good? Oh, we good right there. Yeah, uh, it's a little yeah. lagging, but I can see you. Yeah. We'll let it back in and see if we can get it to work, but let's get started. We're a little bit behind, and your time is precious right now. As <laughs> no Cobra worries, is going under some remodeling, right? Yeah, we had to redo our floors, so it's going to been a journey to say the least quick question is it the shit that, of the snakes that caused the remodeling of the forest <laughs> no no it was it was our, our own shit uh no it was filling up links mainly. <laughs> it was those titos right you know the titos all and, those titos and so uh, titos and vodka red, that everyone spilled yep. <laughs> 
Yeah, man. Well, in regards to your routine, do you happen to have any spiritual practices or any type of routine that you incorporate? Uh, no, honestly, I just kind of try to make things fit when, when I see fit. I think people think I'm nuts because, like, I don't know if you, you mentioned earlier about, like, my posts late at night. And, like, I'll go to Tumamak at, like, 2 in the morning. Um, yeah, you know, that's when it makes sense to me. Uh, I, I'm not gonna wake up early and do it. I know myself, I'm not gonna wake up early and then come to work after that. Like, it's just not part of my routine. Like, if once I'm awake, I'm awake and I'll just try to fit in whatever I can when I can. So, like, I think that's one of the hardest things is like fitting in exercise routines and regimens when like a lot of gyms are closed or you gotta drive 45 minutes to an hour to get to a, a 24 hour gym or you gotta figure out how to work out at home or that sort of thing. Uh, but like I said, that's kind of why I go to a Tumamak really late because like I feel safe there. I have run into a couple snakes. I know you've seen that, uh, so you probably appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, man, you see a lot of wildlife, not only snakes, but all the deer yeah. you run into. I, I love being out in the desert and stuff. So like, I, it's funny too because like I'll be listening to music and like I get the shit scared out of me all the time, and it's always a rabbit. But like I'll hear something rustling or see it like scurry across the trail and I'm like, whoa, what was that? You know, but it's always a rabbit. <laughs> There's there might be something with you and rabbits, man, following you down that trail. <laughs> Do you partake any psychedelics by any chance when you go out in nature? Uh it's been a while since I've done that. Uh I do appreciate a good mushroom trip. Uh but I think the last time I did that me. <laughs> Kind of a funny story me and my friend it was like the beginning of covid it was like the first month that everything was shut down and i had a friend from out of state who was from here and he came into town and he hit me up and was like hey you want to go hike mount wrightson which i don't know if you're familiar with mount wrightson but it's the tallest peak in southern arizona and neither one of us was prepared for this hike at all like we didn't do any like hikes to lead up to this we just went for the highest peak of Southern Arizona. And we're like, yeah, we're going to do this. Like it's a casual after. Uh, so we get to the base and he's like, yeah. So normally I take mushrooms at like the beginning of my hike. So like, you know, I can start to feel something like later on. And I was like, all right, cool. So we did that. And like the first like hour of the hike, we didn't talk to each other at all. <laughs> we were just both like fucking in our own world. Um, and I had some like pretty fun little trips on my own. And then, we stopped like at the, there's a there's like it's not the halfway point by any means but there's a there's like a memorial spot um that's dedicated to like these boy scouts that got stuck in a snowstorm like back in like i don't know the 20s or 30s or something like that and uh, we stopped there and we were both like finally feeling like somewhat normal again and like had a good laugh at a few things and then we just continued on our hike and like i'm in jeans and sneakers and the only thing i have on is like a hoodie uh, for to keep me warm and we get to a certain point there's like snow up there and we pass these like other hikers they're on their way down and they're like in their like north face gear like they've got the walking sticks they've got all the hiking gear that you can imagine right and they're like it's pretty sketchy up there you guys probably want to turn back and we're still pretty <laughs> happy we're still pretty happy off our mushroom trips we're like nah i think we're good you guys are just pussies uh so we just <laughs> We kept going, and then we got to a point where there was, like, a foot of snow. And we're like, dude, we made it this far. We got to keep going. So we made it to the very top of the, uh, the, the peak. And he had his, like, he had, a, he had a beagle with him the entire time. So he had, a, he had his dog, and the dog was a trooper. Like, she wanted to go up there more than he did. Uh, so we got up there, took our pictures, signed the book, 
and it came back down. And it was like a 12-hour <laughs> journey. <laughs> was it a 12-hour journey because of the trip or because that, that's how high you guys hiked uh, up? Probably a little combination of both, but it's definitely not like a quick hike. I think it was more or less like 12 miles, but like very, you, you gain elevation pretty quick. There's a lot of switchbacks and stuff. So it's, but it's fucking beautiful, man. Like I, like I said, I love being out in nature whenever do, possible. Do you guys ever go herping, bro? Like lifting rocks and seeing if you see anything or a fucking rock? That, that I haven't done since I was like a kid. Yeah, man, it's it's a good experience. You never know what the hell you're gonna find. <laughs> see, that's what I'm afraid of. I don't, I don't want to find some shit I don't want to see. You'll find the thing you know posted up right there on the top of the bar, Cobra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, another time during Cobra, there's a lot of trails behind my house that I like to go hiking at, and like, I got kind of lost this this day. I did, I think I did 19 miles that day hiking. And like I just kind of lost track of time, and I think I ended up taking a new trail that I hadn't gone on before. And most of the trails I, I try to explore when I know I have plenty of time, but I ended up taking this new trail to get home, and it took me longer than expected. So it got dark. And hiking's the only time in the world that I can listen to like any sort of podcast. Otherwise, like I, it's just not my thing. But I was <laughs> listening to podcasts, and I just hear like, you know, like loud, and I almost stepped on a rattlesnake. Uh, so from that point on, I stopped, I took my headphones out. I was like, it's too dark for this shit. And so I pulled out the phone on my flashlight. That was the only flashlight I had with me because I didn't plan on being there in the dark. Uh, and I, I think I was like two miles out from the trailhead. So I, I hiked the rest of the way very alert and aware of my surroundings because of that snake. Yeah, man. Snakes trip you out. Just one <laughs> bite. That's all it takes. Have you had any buddies, you know, get stung or bitten by, by any type of animal with high venom? You? Uh, no, nothing with venom. I've been bit by like a ball python before, um, but nothing venomous. Yeah, ball pythons don't hurt. Nah, not it was, bad. Just a little nick. That's all. It wasn't sure my ball been... python though. I'm pretty no, sure. No, no, yours are well behaved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're you're cutting off there, brother. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't... Not sure what. Okay, everything seems. Or was fine it just? On my a, yeah, it might have just been a lag. Yeah, there seems to be a big lag. My man, so to digest that, in in in, in knowing your routine, as you know, you're you're a night owl and you wake up at certain different times as other people. Um, not only that, but you happen to have a second nature as a bartender, not only you as yourself as Richie, but some other bartenders might have it as well, where you guys are used to a certain filter of an amount of people, or uh, you guys kind of have a, a uh, way of reading people just by nature. And it might be something that motivational speakers have too, or some barbers or different areas of life that just have that redundancy of meeting people on a daily, just by small moments or you both sharing a, an anecdote or a story that might bring flashbacks or returns. Um, I think that bartenders, as barbers as well, have that key sixth sense. Like it's a second nature to them judge a person without knowing, but at the same time, they filter it through their system of process. They know what type of person a person is without judging. You know, you guys keep silent a little bit too much. 
It's like <laughs> it's there, you know. Uh, you guys, what you guys know what problems are coming to hand for each person. You know, everybody brings those problems to the table. I mean, yeah, I think that's something that you know obviously comes with the territory, and that's with any profession. You have soft skills that you learn along the way, and you know, you, you your customer service, especially anything that's consumer facing. When you deal with the public, you learn how to read people as best as you can, and you know from there. And especially for us as bartenders, I mean, like if you're bartending, you're you're dependent on tips. You know what I mean? So your customer service has to be second to none because how well you treat people is going to be reflective of how much money you take home that night. You know what I mean? So uh, when someone comes in, you obviously want to interact with them as just as a person. You know what I mean? Ask them how their day is going. How's it going? What can I get for you? uh if you're if it's a new face then a lot of times you're gonna ask you know like are you from here uh and you can typically tell i mean especially like where we're at downtown sometimes i'll have people walk in with suitcases or something and you know like they just got off the plane and got their uber down here and they're meeting a friend or they're about to check into their hotel or whatever it is you know what i mean so you can kind of spot people based off of that um and strike up those conversations and kind of go from there and on the other hand, you see people come in here and they're, they look like they might be down on their luck or they're having a bad day and you strike up a conversation, hope that you can make it better. Uh, because unfortunately, not everyone that, that drinks is looking to have a positive experience. Some people, you know, it's either whether it's a vice or a way to mask something else that they're dealing with. But a lot of people try to escape the, their reality with, you know, uh, having a couple of drinks and, you know, getting their mind off of stuff. But uh, a lot of times, when you read that in a person, like I said, you try to make their day a little bit better if you can, um, or you can kind of dial back what you serve them. You know what I mean? Like if someone's telling me that they're having a really shit day and, you know, their dog died, they crashed their car and all this stuff, I may be like, maybe you don't need a second one. You know, maybe what you need to do is go home and spend some time with your loved ones, man, not <laughs> be out at the bar alone drinking, you know, which is counterintuitive to me making money, but sometimes you just got to. You know, like think said, about the person yeah it's it's bigger than just a couple dollar tip you know what i mean yeah it's more about a humanitarian job and that's what i'm coming from as well like this is uh a lot of people don't see it as a normal profession but you really do have to love people in order to do what you do i think oh yeah for sure i mean that's that's a given i think in it's, it's kind of funny, too, because like when you really think about it, you're a part of a lot of people's life experiences when you work in the hospitality industry, whether it's a restaurant or a bar, because people are coming here to celebrate anniversaries, birthdays, graduations, um, you know, special events, anything, whatever it may be. But that's you're going to be a part of someone's memory. You know what I mean? Forever. Uh, maybe it is just a, a Friday night. Maybe they got a promotion. You know what I mean? They're going out with the rest of their their coworkers, and so you're trying to provide an experience that's going to be memorable and it's going to be positive. You don't ever want to leave anyone with a negative interaction. You want to have people come back and provide an atmosphere that's going to be fun, safe, and inviting. Um, you know, to ultimately do well in business. I mean, we want to keep our doors open, so I'm going to treat everyone as nicely as possible. And like you said, there's a humanitarian aspect of that. Um, you want to build as many bridges within the community as you can. That's why we like hosting events when we can. Uh, you know, like the snake and sip thing is a good example of that, bringing out local inventors uh, to showcase their art or what they're all about. You know, we loved having you here. Uh, our insurance provider wasn't on the same page as us, but <laughs> unfortunately. 
we will have to uh, either have a, a a bus or something run out there, you know. Either have yeah. have them out outside. Figure out uh, a way. We'll, we'll be the burritos and snakes. <laughs> you got to change the ideas, brother. It's not only insurance because I, I looked into it, brother, and the insurance policy just to host an event. It's like if we're hosting an entire festival, you know. It's, and I comprehend oh, yeah. we could get That's to that point. Enough. I'm so down to throw a festival involving animals, but it's a have lot to, to voice it. To start a festival for animals? Yeah. No, I have not yeah. started any actual research, but I've looked at the actual policies and how much they charge, and yeah, they're they're quite a bang of a buck. Yeah, it's not not cheap. Yeah, definitely. If we're talking about a, a, a city permit, you know, for a special event, it starts anywhere between fourteen grand and up. Yeah, yeah. A lot yeah, of planning. Absolutely, but it, it'd be something for sure to, to plan for the future. But right oh, now sure. we have, uh, and we've spoken before, you know, about the facility. So it's something for sure in the draws and the yeah. books. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Definitely, brother. In regards to your your business, do you happen to have any balance or anything that you do aside from from working at uh, the Cobra or, or actually supervising Cobra? Because you are the manager of Cobra, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm the general manager, so that. Honestly, that pretty much eats up all my time. It's funny because people ask me that fairly often, especially if I'm behind the bar because they kind of assume, oh, you're a bartender. You must have another day job or something. I'm like, no, this is this is what I do. I, I like what I do. I'm happy here and I spend a lot of time here. Uh, so I don't really have time for any other side gigs at the moment. I try to dedicate my free time to me right now and just doing things that I like. You know what I mean? Like I was here all day yesterday, worked for most of the part yesterday and got home and went to the garage and started working on stuff because I like tinkering with shit. So like, you know, I, I don't want it to be all about work. I want to enjoy the things that I enjoy outside of work too. And not, not have to worry about like, Oh man, I got another side hustle that I'm worried about or something like maybe in the future, uh, if I find the right thing that I don't have to necessarily uh, spend too much time with, because I tend to consume myself with work. So, I mean, when I go, when I lay my head down at night, I'm thinking about, did I do this? Did I do that? Did I, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, so if I had another project like that to worry about, I'd probably drive myself nuts. Yeah, there's a point of sanity, you know. <laughs> you have so many things happening. It's kind of like a, a good web, but you got to learn how to force in those skills, you know, with time. It takes a lot of time and development. Yeah. I sure don't have that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, my patience. I, I think my kids, since I had my children, my patience has developed more. And <laughs> yes, yeah, I actually. Uh, point yet. What happened? I, I said I haven't gotten to that point, so I don't have that kind of patience. I guess. You don't have that kind of patience yet. <laughs> I actually uh, just uh, figured out that I'm going to be a dad again, so I will be having oh, another child. Congratulations, man! Appreciate nice. it, brother. Appreciate it. Yeah. Is that why you pictured so, yourself and said child and then children? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have two girls right now, but uh, hopefully we have a boy. If not, we are cursed, my man. <laughs> That's exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. Congrats, Very bro. exciting, brother. Appreciate it, brother. Appreciate it. Yeah, definitely blessings, man. A lot of uh, blessings coming this year. You can feel it. Do uh, it in the ground. I'm assuming your your daughters they like do they like snakes and stuff too? They like reptiles. Oh yeah, they love all animals. That's awesome. Yeah, man. Yeah, they're very integrated with the business. They they like shipping animals with me. They like moving animals and cleaning animals. 
<laughs> Good skills to have. They're going to be in the family business. Definitely, man. They are the next, you know, generation of the yeah. crocodile hunters. <laughs> <laughs> Brother, is there any point in life where you thought maybe you want to open your own entrepreneur path as maybe your own club or maybe uh, that's in the books for the future? That is the ultimate goal, yes. Uh, I've played around with different concepts in my head. Um, and, you know, it's kind of one of those questions. I get asked this a lot. And people are like, well, what would you want to do? And I'm like, I don't know. The way my brain works to me, it really depends on the space. Uh, if you're starting with a blank canvas and I could do whatever I want, I would love to have a space downtown. But currently, I don't think that there's a, a space in downtown Tucson that's available that I would currently want. Um, and then it really comes down to making sure you have the necessary funding and everything like that, which I think given the correct concepts shouldn't be that hard to secure. But again, I, I overthink things a lot. So even if when I do come up with ideas, I'll like see 90 ways for it to fail before I ever see it succeeding. And I kind of talk myself out of it sometimes. And that's probably one of my biggest, biggest weaknesses, I guess you could say, or one of my downfalls is like, I will look at so many different aspects of something and I'll talk myself out of it because I'm like, no, that's not going to work because of X, Y, and Z versus, you know, I should be hyping myself up and being like, nah, bro, just fucking go for it. If you fail, you fail. Murphy can hold us back a lot, bro. I can be <laughs> honest with you. I, yeah. I've been there, you know, but you, you got to use Murphy to your advantage. You know, he's got to hold that bridge because you got to <laughs> think about it. Like when shit goes to shits, when shit hits the fan, you got to make sure that fan hits in the right crevice so that it holds up the rest <laughs> of the bridge. If that kind of right. makes sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I mean, I think it definitely is a, it's a scary leap for sure, but it's something that, like I said, I have like a notebook basically full of different ideas and different concepts and depending on the space, what would fit there. And I've even thought about like opening up more of like a neighborhood type bar and where I live close to where I live. Um, but again, it's, as of right now, it's a lot of thoughts, uh, but nothing that I've necessarily acted on just yet. Definitely. What about we open up a bar with the jungle? You know, instead of a safari thing, we have snakes and some reptiles in there right. and a couple bars that have joints instead of alcohol and a kind of hybridized. <laughs> that might work. <laughs> I think the, the, the thing with that, like, honestly, something like that would probably work in like a bigger city like Phoenix. I think Tucson's just a really specific market. Uh, yeah. We don't necessarily have the diversity in terms of uh, population. Uh, so, like, when you find things like that that are a little bit more niche market-wise, um, it works in a big city because it has the population. You know, people are going to drive from Tempe or from Glendale, from Mesa, from wherever to go to that cool spot. But Tucson's just Tucson. We don't have all these suburbs to help, you know, support stuff like that. But I think that's definitely a really cool concept that, you know, in the right place, it would work. Definitely. The problem with animals and food, it's that there's a lot of legalities with uh, either yeah. if you have anything with the health you know, organizations right. or if you have anything with permits, they degrade everything when there's shit and piss involved. And it's understandable yeah. because it's, it's, things. it's a zoonotic disease that can be transferred from human to animal. It's comprehensible, you know, but there yeah, has yeah, to be certain sure. procedures where it's still allowed. You know, like you go yeah. to a zoo, there's still a food court still right. areas where you go right. out. Yep. so yeah. as long as it's incorporated you know like disneyland it still has certain areas where it's dedicated to certain restaurants that have left footprints like for example in Zocalo. i don't know if you're familiar with the whole dorito story they dropped the the dorito oh, yeah. chip 
inside of El Zocalo, it was inside of Disneyland. And that's where the Doritos chip came from because it, it had che- it had nacho cheese, but yeah. it had dried nacho cheese from like the day before. And it was, it, I guess it was good. And that's where it came yeah. from. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like Doritos, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> dried cheese, man. It's, it's the same shit as aged. <laughs> right. <laughs> Brother, is there anybody you consider an idol or a motivational person that be an animal or somebody in your life that has pushed you on to pursue your dreams? Uh, I don't know. That's a tough question. I never really thought about that. Uh, I wouldn't say I'd idolize anybody by any means, but there's definitely people from a business standpoint that I've learned from or that I look up to. Um, I mean, like my current boss, the owner of, of Cobra, he's probably one of the dopest people I've ever worked for, for sure. Um, he's just a caring individual who actually cares about his staff and not just the bottom line, which is pretty rare, uh, especially in this industry. I've worked for a lot of different, not necessarily a lot, but every company that I've worked for has pretty much had that like one owner where you're just like, yeah, that guy's not like approachable. You don't talk to them. They just want to know numbers and stuff like that. And he's not like that. Um, and if I were to open my own spot, I definitely want to be kind of a, the same type of owner. I want to be able to give my employees, you know, the, the freedom to do what, what they need to do to be successful and give them the tools necessary to be successful and not hold them back. Um, and, you know, support them. You know, he's, he's done nothing but be supportive of everything that I've done since I've been here. And I appreciate that a lot. So that's probably currently the person that I would say that I, I look up to from a business standpoint. That's sick, man, because we all have our mentors and it's hard to find that mentor that actually sticks behind you. Sometimes, you know, mentor can be a mentor, but they can give you false knowledge to derive you to a different route or just to not elevate yourself to a better position. But to find those mentors that actually push you to that next step, that's that's insane, bro. And it's it's good to see. That's that's really hard to hear for any any person. You know, everybody wants to favor the loved one or your spouse or a certain animal that they have that, that because it's theirs. But when you find that humility, you know, to, to have a passion or some type of motivation from somebody who's not anything attached to you, then that's that's beautiful, man. You found a lot of uh, inspiration in that. I can see that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like I said, him and I mean, I just I think in your day to day life, it should it should be important to find inspiration with just the people that you interact with the most, your friends, your family. Uh, if they're not pushing you to elevate yourself and do better, then you need to change your circle, I think. Absolutely. And that's a good way to gauge it. You know, if a person is pushing you down on your aspirations or you're some way communicating to them about something that you want to pursue and you seem to see some type of, you know, malsubject or something going wrong in their persona because they don't like the way that you're evolving, then get away from that person. You know, it's not necessarily yeah. good for you to develop in that type of circumstance or that type of environment at all. Um, yeah, I think it's also important, like along the same lines is when you are friends with someone and that you, you see them going down like a, a you know a negative path or whatever it may be or you know unhealthy habits you know you got it's important to call them out be honest be up be forthcoming and, you know like hopefully you have people in your life that are helping lift you up and you should be doing the same thing to everyone around you because like i said we I mean, you got to look out for each other and build those relationships especially i i am always been of the you know everyone eats you know what i mean i want everyone at the table to eat i don't want anyone to go hungry uh, if, so if you're in my group and I can help you in any way, if you're in my circle, um, I try to keep it that way. You know what I mean? Like it's, 
it's kind of funny. I think I, I saw it in a meme or something, but it was like, by the age of 30, you should have, you know, an AC guy, a mechanic guy or whatever. But it, like a lot of those people t- tend to fall in your network. So when you get older, I think you kind of network with people. So it's like, well, if Cobra needs a plumber and I have a friend that's a plumber, I'm obviously going to reach out to him first because he's in my group. He's at my table. I want him to eat. I'm not, I'd rather pay him than pay some, you know, Mr. Rooter or whatever that is uh, because I want to support my friends. That's hard to see. Like, for example, you with with uh, Ariana Luna, props up to you, girl, the, the, somebody who brought us into you here at Cobra. But, uh, you know, shout you've out, shown Ari. her a lot of love. Shout out, Ari. Sh- you've shown her a lot of love, you know, and with the people that we brought in there and the people that come out and out, they, they uh, seem to leave with a very good experience, you know, regardless of how the vibes are. And you can sort of vibe the, the room out when people are coming in and out to see how the night's going to be. And it's cool to see that, that that they change some type of way, you know, whether if it's just a snake and sip or you guys are just chilling that night. We've gone into Cobra to just dance sometimes, and it's honestly, <laughs> it sucked ass. I'm not, I'm gonna be honest with you, like it sucked. <laughs> or like we're like, what the fuck? Where's the music? But we've obviously not gone where Walters the Dones there or some other yeah. DJ, you know, we've just gone yeah, on yeah. the wrong day. But it, it's uh. It's a different experience to see it, how you're working behind something, doing something as a project, and actually going into an event to go chill with your spouse or whatever, you know? Yeah, for sure. Brother, do you have any techniques that you use as a daily uh, superstition or, or a religion that you practice? Do you happen to have a religion that you practice, or you just go without no. spirituality? <laughs> uh I don't know. I, I, I'm not. I was, I was brought up Catholic. I did every step of the way. Uh, you know, first communion. I did catechism my entire life. Confirmation, the whole nine yards. I used to go to church every Sunday. Uh, so I'm like familiar with that. Uh, it's just not my jam. I don't. I've read the Bible from you know front to to the end, uh, and it was just not cover to cover. I don't know. I, I prefer, I honestly just like don't really typically talk about religion because I don't want to offend anybody, but I just, I don't have any spiritual practices personally other than uh, I would say there's times where like I would talk to myself and just, you know, kind of talk myself through certain things. Uh, one of my favorite mantras is don't be a bitch. Uh, that gets me through a lot of stuff, honestly. <laughs> That's a badass mantra. <laughs> I mean, like, Whenever something's really bugging me, or if like something's really hard, like whether it's a, if I like I'm not a runner, man. I, I or at least I, I wasn't uh, for most of my life, and I kind of became one, and that's what got me through a lot of a lot of miles. I'm talking like hundreds or thousands of miles. Was like when you want to give up, I would just literally in my head repeat to myself, "Don't be a bitch, don't be a bitch, don't be a bitch," and I would keep going. So it kept me, it kept me. <laughs> that's that's my one spiritual piece of advice to everyone out there: is uh, don't be a bitch. <laughs> Damn, don't be a bitch you know it, it goes to show that that word has some power you know in connotation <laughs> yeah, i don't mean that in any like sort of derogatory term. that's just i use that no absolutely towards, towards myself <laughs> no like you said it's a mantra you know it's recited and in, in, in one can only solve that mantra i don't know if you know the, the the way that a mantra is solved but you have to repeat it and it, the, the mantra <laughs> reveals itself upon you so you you must have unlocked that mantra some way bro <laughs> 
So as knowing Catholicism, do you did you, I'm not saying that you were criticizing here to anybody who might be felt shunned or any way, but uh, this is just a, a point of your opinion. Did you just push it away because you grew out of it or you feel that it just didn't fit with your persona at that point in time? What exactly make you shift from Catholicism? Uh, man, I think there's a lot of things, but again, it's I'm like trying to be like PC here and like not offend anyone, but. I don't give a shit as long as you don't give a shit. Well, that's the thing. I don't, I don't want to, bro. I can say some free offensive shit, but I won't. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't really believe in organized religion as a whole. I think not just from a scientific standpoint, but I mean, when you think statistically speaking, how many people believe in certain religions, and for you to say that your religion is right and everyone else's is wrong, and if they believe in that religion, they're going to hell, and I believe in this religion, so I'm going to heaven, and. I just, I, I think if you just be a good person and don't treat people like shit, then life should be good, you know. And that with treating people as shit does not mean that you don't abstain your boundaries, you know. Get that yeah, shit straight. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think that there's a a place for religion in society because I think when you look at the base of or the root of a lot of religions, when, when it comes down to it, like you know, for Catholicism in particular, they have the Ten Commandments, right? And it's like. Anyone who's not a piece of shit should be abiding by most of those rules anyway. You know, don't lie. Don't fuck your neighbor's wife. Uh, don't kill anybody. Uh, all these things. And most religions have some version of that, some set of boundaries or rules, which I think is important as a society to have, you know, some societal norms that are boundaries and, and laws or whatever. Um, so I think that there's a place for it. It's just, I think to me, once I, I learned that, oh, like, yeah, you shouldn't do these things because it's just not nice then i didn't really have a need for the rest of it in my opinion that's what it made sense to me man like to the point where i was like figuring out exactly who i was because I, like you I, w I was raised into catholicism and, and to the point where i was actually brought to the to the, the priests to 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 perform some type of uh, ceremony to become a priest in the future. No, it wasn't nothing sexual. <laughs> <laughs> Brought to a priest to perform. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> no, brother. <laughs> Okay. So I was told by the <laughs> I was told by the priest that that I was supposedly going to become a priest or going into that the, that way of becoming a priest, and I told them that day when I had to sit down with those priests, it was a, a ceremony of a couple. They gave me like this award be because I was like a, uh, it was like some type of ceremonial process, I guess, from me giving as an ash boy or doing whatever I did. But I told them I wanted to become an exorcist. If I was going to become a priest, I wanted to become an exorcist. Because <laughs> I, I saw shit when I was young, man. I always saw shit. I always had visions. I always had premonitions. And I was like, fuck it. You know, if I'm going to become a priest, I'm going to become an exorcist. But when I started like actually figuring out what the religion was and what it, it fell into play, I was like, damn. Y'all motherfuckers are just lying. You know, it's like just the way <laughs> of a business of corporation. Like, <laughs> like yeah. I just saw it with my own eyes. And and you have to see shit with your own eyes in order to believe in and actually push yourself out of a just a fixed mentality, what I thought. And kind of the same shoes that you thought, bro. Like it's the more you see the picture, it's like, do I really need somebody to tell me that I'm being good and to feel good about myself and then do something bad the next week to continue to go back to the church? And, and repent you know it's like no i'm gonna if, if i'm gonna be good i'm gonna continue to be good for the rest of the year instead of you know cheating on my wife or doing whatever the fuck i'm doing you know right 
Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. I mean, like you said, when you look at the bigger picture of things, I think the the roots of the church and everything just in general, it's, it's a business for one. So there's a lot of money behind it. And two, it's just a way to control people. You know what I mean? If, if you get people to all believe in something, like if I started my own cult right now and I got, you know, all of Tucson to believe in one thing and it benefited me in some way, then, you know, like, I think that's pretty fucked up, but that's basically what churches do in my opinion. And it's almost like the, the, the whole anarchy of like a virus. If you think about it, like a virus doesn't conceive itself until it's infected the entire host. So then when the virus spreads, it spreads like wildfire because everybody believes it because it, it, it's healed some person or somebody out of the blue has miraculously fixed a bone or some bullshit. And then it right. just becomes like a wildfire. And that's, that's what fucking religion is, bro. It's like a, a way to spread a virus. That's the way I see it. You know, it's not that I'm putting religion down because some people can heal in that way, but that's the way that I've experienced it. Like I said at the beginning, it's just not my jam. I think if it works for you, then by all means, uh, continue doing what works for you. But it just wasn't for me. And that's respectable. That's respectable, brother, because you it seems like you've seen something, you know, that's opened your eyes or enlightened you in some way. And I'm not saying that there's nothing higher than me because I'm not putting myself at a higher level because if I don't believe in a religion, what the fuck do I believe on? You know? Right. So what I'm saying is like there there is a higher self or the higher evolutionary process that we're we might not be aware of. Um but to each their own. Brother, what is your favorite animal? Favorite animal? Yeah. Uh, uh... Damn, I don't know. I think that that kind of depends because, like, are you talking? Like, here's here's my problem: is like, people ask me simple questions and I overcomplicate them, right? So, like, someone will ask me, "What's your favorite color?" And I'm like, "Well, that depends. Like, are we talking about like color of clothes, color for a motorcycle, color for a car, color for a house?" Like, I start to like analyze shit like that. So I'm like, when you ask me my favorite animal, I'm like, well. I think dog is obviously everyone's because like i spend the most time with dogs you know like so it's like oh man's best friend like that's an easy answer uh but if you're just talking about like in terms of something to look at or something that you think is cool that's a totally different category so i'm <laughs> i don't know <laughs> your soul when you go into the zoo what do you think richie is uh what i am okay so i'm not gonna say why but my uh nickname is honey badger uh for certain people like <laughs> You can kind of put that together yourself, what that means. Um, but if I if I was going to the zoo, I want to see an ele- okay. This is actually funny too. Elephants is up there. When I was a kid, my mom asked me what I wanted to be, um, and I said an elephant. And when you grew up, you wanted to be an elephant. I wanted to be an elephant. Like that was like little Richie wanted to be an elephant. So then they had to tell me like, well, you, you can't be an elephant when you grow up. Like, what else do you want to be? Uh, my second answer was a fire truck. Not a fireman. I wanted to be a fire truck. So, like, I, you can kind of see as a kid, I was like, <laughs> You were getting down to the nitty gritty. You're like, I want to become this. <laughs> I mean, you were watching Transformers too much, right, bro? <laughs> yeah. Something. I, don't, I don't know how old I was exactly, but my mom doesn't let me live that down. So, like, she'll still tell that story to this day. Uh, but I definitely got to see elephants when I go to the zoo, and then I got to see, like, big cats. I like predatory animals, like big-ass things with big teeth and stuff. Mm. Yeah, we actually just got a Maine Coon cat back oh, in yeah. before. Uh, a, uh, what are they called? A Bengal cat for a while. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're it pretty. Was, it was pretty. It was fucking insane too. It was one <laughs> nocturnal active motherfucker. 
Would you feed it live mice or just normal feed? Nah, just normal feed. Uh, luckily, someone else ended up with a cat after a breakup, so I don't, I don't oh. have a cat. <laughs> it's an apology gift. <laughs> yeah, you can have it. <laughs> yeah, Bengals are. It might have been an experience, brother. How, how did you raise them from the from the gecko? Uh, man, it was a whole nother crazy story with that cat. So, like, I never wanted a cat. I'm not a cat person. I'm a dog person. But at the time, I lived with uh, my girlfriend, and she always wanted a cat, and I was always like, hell no. Like, I just bought new furniture. A cat's going to destroy this <laughs> shit. There's no way. And then uh, it just this was, like, when my brother was 18 years old. I, so probably, like, 10 years ago, 10, 11 years ago. When he graduated high school, I went to go visit and, like, watch him walk down the aisle or whatever for graduation. Um, and I was going to – I ran into one of my cousins, and she's always, like, had, like, exotic pets or, like – breeds of dogs and stuff and so she was like hey uh my cat just had kittens do you want a kitten and i was like fuck no absolutely not like not gonna happen i do not want a cat and she was like they're bengal cats and i was like i don't know what that means and i really don't care uh, i just don't want a cat and so then they ended up having a barbecue at their house the next day and i met the parents like the mom and dad cat and i was like holy shit that cat is fucking dope so the dad cat was like a 40, 45 pound cat and he was fucking huge. Holy and I watched fuck. him jump. Tall as fuck. Yeah, and I watched him jump from like the floor to like the top of like an eleven foot ottoman, like in just one leap. And I was like, that's like the closest to owning a tiger I'm ever gonna fucking get. <laughs> so I was like, maybe I will take one of these cats. That's pretty dope. Uh so I agreed to take one of the cats. <laughs> and then uh yeah, so I I ended up, I had flown to Texas, and then I drove my dad's, like, spare car back to Arizona because he was moving back here. Uh, and then 10 minutes into the drive, the cat shit in its cage. And so I was just like, fuck, like, this is going to be a rough trip. So I had to pull over immediately, like, clean out the cage. And then, like, he would not shut the hell up in his little, like, cat cage thing. So I just let him out and let him roam around the car. And he, like, he was either on my lap or nestled behind my neck the entire drive um back to Arizona and then the car broke down in New Mexico and it was like a hundred and something degrees outside. So this poor cat's Holy like shit. I'm like you know and I'm like fuck this cat's gonna die bro. Like I tried to do like this like cool gesture and like bring my girlfriend a cat and it's gonna fucking die in my lap. And <laughs> so I end up like finding a gas station and I bought like a big gulp of just ice and an Arizona iced tea. And I put the Arizona iced tea in my lap, put the cat on top of that, and I was rubbing his belly with ice. And then he, like, chilled out. He was fine. Um, Holy shit. Somehow ended up MacGyvering the car and getting back to, to Arizona uh, with no other issues. And the cat was fine. But, like, I felt like we bonded. So, like, he definitely liked me more than he liked her uh, when I got him home, which was kind of a nice little fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Was this the same Jeep that you have currently? No, no, this was a different. This was like, it was like a, I don't know, a something Honda Accord or something. Uh, yeah, man, I've had a Montero Mitsubishi before. It was a manual and it had a a four by four st uh, shifter that you had to get off and put a bar into yeah. it, and oh, then yeah, push wow. the car forward to activate the four by four. Nice. <laughs> I bet that shit Man, I could I could pull haul and inside of a like if, if I'm inside of a ditch like a, almost hitting 180 degrees that thing would just yeah, haul yeah. ass over. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. yeah, see, I bet all those old school like four wheel drives they work so much better. It's like that. Yeah, straight, straight mechanical shit. None of this electronic bullshit that we have nowadays. 
Yeah, it was an '87. It was a nice. It was a nice drive. Roll. I had that was my first car. Nice. Brother, is there if there's one piece of advice that you could recommend to anybody in any entrepreneur field, meaning anybody who would be like a business owner of a bar, or anybody who works in the entertainment business, what piece of advice would you recommend to them? Uh, I think I would probably have to like almost not really make it business related, but I would just say treat people right. You know, like do the right thing for your staff. Uh, if you treat people right, then they'll take care of your company. But if you're a shitty person and a shitty business owner, then you're going to have people leave you. You're going to have customers leave you. You're going to have a bad reputation and your business isn't going to last, in my opinion. Uh, but if you treat people right, you treat people fair uh, with respect and dignity and treat them like humans, then I think that goes a lot further than thinking about just the bottom line. That's a great piece of advice, brother. Great piece of advice. It's very simple and concise, but it can make a lot of sense in a lot of businesses, you know, whether if you're working as a photographer or working in, in any type of entertainment business, because it might derive that business owners as entrepreneurs are business owners. You know, you might be just a general manager in a lot of people's eyes, but you not only work with the bartenders, but you have to deal with payroll. You have to deal with, you know, some suit with with. Uh, HR department, as you can say, yeah. you deal with a lot of hands here with people. You have a lot of people that have children or have some type of family at home, and you have to deal with that as well. Like it, it makes sense to be a manager, but it doesn't make sense if you're not humanitarian, and that's yeah. why you thrive. I feel like a lot of people look up to you and think that you're a legend, brother, and I can see why because you <laughs> you show it, you show it. I, you know? <laughs> I appreciate that. It's humbling. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's always been my thing. I don't like attention or limelight or anything. Like, even doing this was kind of, like, out of my comfort zone a little bit. And I was like, fuck, I don't like talking about myself. I don't like hearing my voice. I don't like being on camera. So, like, none of this makes sense to me. But I was like, yeah, it's, it'll be a fun experience. So, uh, It I sure think. is, brother. I've learned yeah, a lot I, from you. And, and, and uh, there's that. a lot of things. No, man, it, it, it is a great opportunity for us. And we're honored to have you on the show. Um, before we do go, I have three, four, or four questions that are hot seat questions, short questions, yes or no answers. Uh, your favorite genre of music? See, again, I'm going to overanalyze and be like, well, that really depends on my mood. Um, I would say currently what I listen to mostly is going to be either like Odessa or Rufus Radio on Spotify, like nothing specific. I just type in one of those artists and go to the radio station. And that's more, more or less what I listen to. Uh, so I know this isn't a concise yes or no answer. Uh, but I, have, <laughs> I have my moments of like, I like listening to country. Um, I like hip hop rap. Uh, I like oldies, rock, classic rock. I like emo music. Uh, some of my favorite concerts have been either country music concerts or like emo concerts, like The Used or George Strait. So like, I'm all over the place, bro. That's good. You, you work at a bar. You have to have a variety of what to put on while the DJ yeah. gets on. That's the other thing, too, is like one, like just like a DJ, I'll play to the crowd. If there's a country concert going down at the Rialto or at the TCC, then I'm going to put country music on here because it's going to bring guests in. Even if like my other bartenders are like, what the fuck are you listening to? I'm like, trust me, like you, you play to the crowd that's out there. You know what I mean? Um, but I also will try to pick a different radio station on a daily basis just because otherwise it gets repetitive and you end up listening to the same stuff every single day and it kind of drives you nuts. So I try to find like a different artist and start a station based off of that, like on a daily basis. And 
it is kind of nice too because like if i have a different bartender opening on tuesday and then a different bartender on wednesday they usually select the music so it's just kind of up to them that way it's not as repetitive you know what i mean this is a bit off track not on these questions but this is a personal <laughs> question we we met briefly we talked a little bit we have that setup about looking at that other building and we saw a, bit, a section of that building downstairs where you told me you guys used to rave downstairs this is a question you might got get asked frequently but were you a dj back in the day or no, did you no. mess with the no. boards at all uh i jokingly tell all of our, our current djs that i'm gonna dj um, and then <laughs> I, I do have a DJ controller at home. And if I have the right amount of drinks in me, I will bust it out. Um, <laughs> there is no, by no means am I a DJ. I don't know how to mix. I would ruin your night if you hired me. <laughs> now the stories about the downstairs and in the rave, brother. Huh? Those stories about downstairs in that rave, were those planned or has those buildings always been abandoned or how is it that you guys had access to those buildings? So that's not something we did. That was something that happened like years before I was ever here. Uh, oh, okay. we, partied, we partied once down there before, uh, just kind of like, I, I don't know, it was a weird like joke thing. The first year that we were open, uh, New Year's Eve night, whatever, New Year's Day, I guess, uh, you know, obviously New Year's Eve is one of the busiest nights of the year when you work in the bar industry. So, like, we got our asses kicked, had a really fun time, though. And then after work, you know, like, we're probably leaving work around, like, or done with work around 4 or 5 in the morning, you know what I mean? And we had actually – I wasn't the manager at the time. I wasn't the GM. We had an, another friend of mine was the manager. Um, and he asked the owner if it was cool if we partied downstairs uh, after New Year's. And he was like, yeah, I don't know why you would want to because it's kind of gross down there. <laughs> we were just like, yeah, that's kind of the vibe we want, like <laughs> – We've been in the nice clean club all day, you know. We watch. <laughs> we just want to have like some grungy fun, so we literally like took like a bucket full of ice and like a bottle of vodka and some mixers and went down there and like hung out for a while. And then we're until we we're over it, and then we're like, all right, let's get the fuck out of here. Um, <laughs> as far as the raves go, I've had like when I first came started working here, I have other friends that grew up in Tucson that like hit me up and they're like, dude, we used to have raves down there like back in the day. Uh, so I don't really know exactly how long ago. I'd say probably like 15, 20 years ago. Uh, we've only been here for five years, so it wasn't like within our time. But I have had a lot of friends that have reached out and told me they, they used to party down there. So I don't really know how those were sanctioned or what was upstairs at the time. I know that the building itself used to be a department store called McClellan's. Um, so if you go down to the basement, I was actually just down there today. Uh, but there was a... bug flew into my mouth sorry um there's a there's like a whole ass kitchen down there like a kitchen set up with a hood so that i think that was like their cafeteria area for the the department store um and it actually spanned from here to i think where easy bocce is now so like on our our patio there is a like concrete stamp that still says mcclellan's and there's also one inside of easy bocce if you go in there you'll see like the same stamp so that was the name of the department store that was down there back in the day that's crazy yeah, that went in pretty deep, man. So a lot of people would go downstairs to go buy their, their clothing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think That's it crazy. was because, I mean, it's a pretty big building overall when you consider the next doors has like an upstairs to it as well. So I think there's probably like three levels, three, four levels. Yeah, three levels total. Yeah. Brother, well, the last question, what is your favorite book? If you do have a book of favorites. 
Oh man, I don't know. Actually, that's that's wrong. Uh, it's a book called The Agony and the Ecstasy, and it's a a, a book about the life and times of Michelangelo Buonarotti, which was you know the famous painter who painted the Sistine Chapel. Um, so it's kind of a, a read, but I just found his life fascinating. And then I think at the time that I read it, I was just in a, a place in my life where I needed that story. So I actually have like four or five copies of the book because anytime someone asks me that, I'm like, if you want a copy, I'll give you a copy. So if you want one, I got one for you. I'll take that copy. <laughs> Hell yeah. I'll bring it in. <laughs> Definitely not. Yeah, we for sure have to go down there, have some fun. We haven't, I haven't taken the lady out there before before she gets any bigger. <laughs> well, we'll be we'll be open Friday if everything goes uh, well. We're opening Friday no matter what, basically. I've, I've still got some work ahead of me to do here, but uh, we'll be plugging away at it until we're done. So we'll, we're opening Friday. Awesome. We're ready to we'll have those virgin margaritas ready. <laughs> I got you. Alrighty, brother. It was a pleasure having you on the show, my man. Anything oh, no, you have you. questions for me before we close out? No, man. I just, uh, I guess, when am I going to see you again? When, when are you going to get down? Are you going to make it out by Friday? We'll try to make it down there for Friday, brother. Awesome. Cool. Hell yeah. Man. Well, thank you. All right, Appreciate that. Again, this was fun. Uh, it was a pleasure out. having you on, man. No, thank you, man. It was an honor. Awesome. Thank you. Bro. Awesome, brother. Much love. You guys take care. You too. That was the Spirit Animal Podcast with Richie, General Manager of Cobra Arcade. It was a pleasure having you on here tonight. Great episode. Make sure to check out the previous episodes. We do have a new lineup coming up next week. Stay tuned as we are opening the Avatar Projects. So the new vlog system will be coming out. There is a lot of rearrangements, a lot of things going on during our life. As you guys just heard, we are expecting a baby. It was a great pleasure having you richie here on this episode always much love to everybody with all of you hosts or, or your or co-hosts thank you so much for hopping on here as well from the previous episodes without you the spirit animal wouldn't be here always much love